Hey, before we start, we were hoping you could take a few seconds to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It means a lot to us that so many of you are listening, and we hope you continue to support us by leaving us a little bit of feedback. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to Liquid Chords. Today's guest is Matthew Whedon from Torsh. Originally beginning his musical career as a musician in the TV series Skins, Matt talks to us about starting tours with his brother Theo and friend Jack, and he talks about the influence of his grandfather Bert Whedon, not only on them, but on the Beatles and Eric Clapton, to name a few. He's a great guy, and I really enjoyed doing this one. So pour yourself a glass and join us. Liquid Talk about the music in your life. Liquid Chords. I'm here with Matt from Tours. How are you getting on, man? Very good, thanks, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Where are you recording from today? I'm in Devon in the southwest. Lovely. It's beautiful. In the middle of the countryside. It's, it's, it's amazing. Is it's it, like a little hideaway. It, I'm trying to think of people. Is Matt Bellamy from Devon? He, yeah, he is, man. Yeah, yeah, he is. There's a few. Yeah, he, he's from here. Uh, Chris Martin, man, he grew up pretty close to here. His parents live near where I live, actually. So yeah, yeah, but... I'm always, always hanging about there trying to give him a CD. <laughs> Outside the window, yeah, yeah. Um, I met you, geez, I don't know, it was like five, maybe six years ago, um, with her good pal Dean Bars. <laughs> oh, mate, Dane, what, a, what a human! The I great mean, Dane. I still haven't. I don't. I don't think I'll ever forget that night in Santos uh, karaoke bar when he went in and he sang. What's that? So let me lick you up and down. <laughs> freak. Uh, oh, freak. Is it freaky? Is it freak? I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, yeah it, unbelievable. And he bought everyone in the bar a beer. I think he spent like two hundred dollars. Yeah. Was like two dollar beers, and it was just oh, what a guy. He got what the, a trip. He got what would you call those? Like cinnamon. It's like cinnamon whiskey. Fireballs. Oh, fireballs. Yeah. Fireballs, man. Yeah, he was obsessed with those. Yeah. He was hilarious. He was so like he kept saying to me, "What am I doing in Nashville? This isn't where I should be." But he was having the best time. He made the the best of a weird situation. He's a legend. Because he was trying to get into writing, wasn't he? Because he obviously was a performer. But he, I remember he was yeah. quite good with top lines and stuff. He, like he did well. He's so good. Yeah. He's a great pop writer. But I think he was getting confused, like with an acoustic guitar and just like some country guy that joined the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like for people listening, the dynamic would have been like an up kind of up com- up coming songwriter with a nashville resident with <laughs> yeah like a nash upcoming nashville singer songwriter so you kind of come leave the room at times with the strangest songs but it was a good oh it was so funny <laughs> like the first session i went and i won't say who the guy was because he's a legend but he's had some big country hits and we just all sat down and he put his phone out to record it and he had a guitar and i was sort of like cool i don't know how he wants to start and he was just like He's like, everyone close your eyes. And we, I was like, okay, this is super weird already. <laughs> and then he was just like, ah. he's like, I can see, I can see a long road. And he's like, and I see a cowboy. And I was like, right, this, I was like, what, what, what am I going to work with? Honestly, the weirdest song ever. We ended up writing about being a British cowboy and it was, oh, it's horrible. I never want anyone to hear it ever. But Dick, at that point, you seem to be concentrating on writing like for, i'm not saying for other artists but you were doing a lot of mm-hmm. co-writes and maybe you were for other artists you didn't tours wasn't really a thing at that point for you or maybe it was but you no. ju- it just wasn't no it wasn't man yeah it, it kind of it, it kind of came after that to be honest like nashville was a great trip for us 
but Theo and I, like, obviously Theo's in tours, he's my brother. And uh, we had started, you know, probably the year before that, so maybe six years ago, we'd started a smaller project called Moon Brother, which was like a folk duo, um, which was really fun. And we were just sort of, we were living together in London and it was like the first thing, I had done music before. So I had been in a band and we'd written some music for this TV show called Skins. Um, which was really fun. And then like the skins, they ended up creating a record label for the band. They signed us and we toured and played loads of skins parties. And that was super fun. And I spent a few years doing that and then left and ended up moving in with Theo in London. And he was like, oh, well, we shouldn't, you shouldn't stop doing music because you're not happy with this project. Why don't we do something together? Because he studied, Theo studied script writing at uni. So he was really great with lyrics or words. Like that was always my weak point for me as a writer. Like melodies are my thing and yeah we went to nashville and it was really fun we'd, we'd been doing a lot of co-writing and doing this folk project and i think out there i mean i don't know if you remember you go in the bars and you see everyone who's playing was just unbelievable and the energy it was just like even a ballad out there a country ballad just has so much power and like everyone's everyone on stage was adding something and we were like wow we need to get back and we need to get some more players behind us because we want to make a bit more noise i think it was like the excitement of being in that live um atmosphere uh yeah and then we came home and tour, tour started and it's kind of it's it's been a really nice gradual thing because it's it's taken a long time to find out who we are i think we're still trying to find out who we are but i think we all do as artists or writers it's you're always learning so but yeah that that kind of summarizes what's happened but yeah there's been a few things over the last few years <laughs> that have happened, but it's, it's been fun it's really cool the point you made about nashville and yeah when you used to when we were in the bars watching music and how important it was to the people you know it, these were unknown songwriters but i also th- yeah. I, th- I thought that was so it was brilliant but it was so strange to me like you go to yeah open, mic, open mics here in ireland anyway and it's people are talking like as they do it happens but yeah they de- deadly silent for the songwriters oh, it's like, unbelievable it, yeah. it blew me away because yeah like you said like there was some guy that hadn't had a hit no one knows who he is, but he'd maybe say a little bit about the story. And I think that's the key with Nashville is it taught me a lot more about the story side of songwriting, you know, because even whether it's like, you know, there's, I love bro country, man. That, that stuff kills me when they're talking about riding in trucks. And, you know, I love the Zach Brown band, Chicken Fried. That tune is like an anthem. I play that like every week. It's what a banger, but it's like hilarious to me. I like, but it's still a story. Yeah. And out there, like you said, everyone would just be quiet and listen to some guy's song. It might not be the best song musically but there's like he's singing or they're singing about something that means something to them and it's cool and everyone was just yeah i think you appreciate they they, they made me appreciate song form a lot more like and you know i've been there a couple of times now and it's it's a great place to go even just as a fan of music and just spend some time going to bars having cheap drinks and eating great barbecue food and yeah. listening <laughs> to music man it's a great place that's so important the context that you're given when people talk about their music like I remember reading a review, like initial review of David Bowie's like last album, and the review was like fifty percent or two stars or whatever, without the context of knowing what was going on in his life. It's kind of like another album. It's another David Bowie album, but when you yeah, listen yeah. to it with the context of him knowing that he's that da- like dang, it's dude. Yeah, that's that's it. Totally that's different. it. I think that's the key with music for me personally, and like the more I listen to music and the more. I write music and I listen to like so many things. I love listening to writers talk about their process. But, you know, for me, the more honest you are, 
in your music and in, in almost in a weird way, like the more honest you are about your life with maybe say your fans or whoever's, you know, connecting with this music, it, it's just so much more powerful. It's just like, it's crazy. You can hear a great record and be like, oh, that's so catchy. But then you're like, what's it about? And you read and you're like, oh man, it, you're, you know, mind blown. And you're like, yeah, okay, I get this. I'm a fan for life now because like, that's cool. These people are telling the truth. I'm, I'm kind of fascinated by artists who have went through these peaks or what people would perceive to be peaks of like from the outside of what success is. So the thing with skins and then you're in this advertisement, but it, like it's such a journey and anybody who does music knows that it's not, you get the one, like one peak and then it could just be downhill for like, you know, two years and then you find something else. Oh, man, it's, yeah. it's just like, and one of the songs you had out recently, I absolutely loved was Empty Hands. And you're talking about oh, the, the, you, st- the story behind that and reading the story. I, I don't, not that I, like I would listen to your music when I hear it and I think it's, I think you guys are great, but I read the story about it first and then listening to the song is just like, I and, did yeah. so much better. Yeah. I totally, I appreciate that a lot, man. Like, and I think it's kind of, you know, that's what I was saying earlier, like very much for us that like every time we release a record, we're almost trying to say what it's about, which maybe some people would say spoils it a little bit because, I think sometimes songs are really great because everyone's interpretation of it is what makes it special to them. And, you know, but I, I think for us, it's we love to say, well, hey, this has come from this place. We're not necessarily saying exactly what happened, but for us, whatever, it's a heartbreak or it's, yeah, like empty hands, like completely kicked out of a house and relying on the person you love who's kept you afloat. You know, like it, it's crazy. My My partner, she's literally... She's just been undeniable rock. Like she, she works in, uh, she's like a ODP, like a nurse. And, you know, she gets paid. And there's been so many times as a musician when you don't get paid and you have maybe six months when there's no royalty checks or something or a sink doesn't come in. And she's just there like helping. And uh, it's, it was sort of a weird cathartic thing to write that song for, for her and just be like, thank you. Like all I can always say is, you know, I will love you forever for what you've done. And like, hopefully one day, you won't have to worry about things, but you know, that, that that's what's so great about relationships, man, because you sort of take it in turns to like look after each other. And yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to put those sort of things into music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sorry, I sort of went off there. No, no, I love, about lo- the song, so. lovely story. And it's a, it's a great song and brilliant sentiment. So kind of on tours, it's Theo yourself and you have a, a drummer as well yes jack who's he's an absolutely beautiful human being yeah and we're sort of like i mean he's like another brother man like it's crazy we spend all our time together and the way we do it like which is exciting for me i think the reason it works nicely for us at the moment like is we each have our thing and 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 i think it's a really positive environment because it takes a lot of pressure off everyone you know when you know what it's like when you've got to write a song record it yourself produce it like there's a lot of pressure you're like oh my gosh is this good is it not um, where so Jack's incredibly talented like musician he, he's a writer but he he mainly focuses on like the musical side he produces all our records he comes up with like this mad sounds like he's always sitting there on logic for hours just playing like messing around with things and developing like a song I would come to him with just a an acoustic guitar and, and sing a melody down and he'll start building this track Theo will come in and write a lyric if we all talk about what we're feeling about and it's kind of like the three things all join up and then we get this song at the end and we're like, oh, wow, that's cool. Like, don't know how that happened, but really chuffed about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been like, that's been fun. Jack's great. So there's three of us and we all all sort of sing harmonies. That's like the core of what we're about. 
we love like harmony music and um yeah man tours 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 is fun tours is there's a lot there's a lot going on so we're really excited for this year to be fair mm-hmm. and show everyone sort of new sound we're coming out with hi guys sorry to interrupt just a quick message from our sponsors please are the heat o'clock one of my favorite uh, fruits is salmon berry Please are the heat o'clock. Last year and the year before seemed to be well prior to COVID. You, from the outset, it seemed like you maybe taken like a that step up a bit. You know, you were initially saw that you were playing with uh, an Irish band, walking on cars. That's our link for the episode yeah. to an Irish band. Absolutely <laughs> legends. They are just yeah. the nicest guys ever. And you did that. And you obviously did the headline. Like you were playing Scala in London. Yeah, yeah. Literally, we literally when we sold like, out Scala, which was mad during COVID. Like just at the peak. The night, the yeah. night before lockdown. Two nights before <laughs> lockdown, we we did that show. It was so <laughs> jokes, man. Like it was a super weird show because like I didn't, you know, we were driving up to London and I had friends calling me saying, "Dude, like I don't know if you should do the show." Like people are saying this and that, and you know, we had fans. A lot of fans flew over for us. It was a really like special show because people had flown over from everywhere. I mean, when I we did a meet and greet afterwards, and we had there were like five people who'd flown over from Australia just for the gig. Wow. We had these girls who had flown from China, a lot of German fans, like Italian, Spanish. It was super strange because like I didn't think anyone really from London came. It was like the rest of the world like seemed to be flying in, but that affected a lot of people. I think maybe we had about 150 people not get in the venue because they couldn't get there via, like because of travel and things like that. So that was a bit of a shame, but. Yeah, an amazing show, and we were so chuffed to have done it. It felt really great. It was sort of weird and surreal. You sort of don't realize sometimes, I think, when you're building something, it's hard to um, comprehend, like, people investing in it. You know when it's such, like, a world of streaming or a world of everything's online, so it's very hard to get to grasp with uh, to people like this. And I think that's the great blessing with live because you suddenly go, oh, we've put on a show and it's sold out, and wow people have come from all over yeah I, th- I think it is working a bit this is cool uh so that was a, it was very humbling for us it felt really good now i'm delighted for you is because i know what a struggle this is and to see when someone you know who's on relatively the same sort of path as you has that milestone it's brilliant and yeah i remember like you posted the picture the night before um being like hopefully people turn up like you know you get no idea what was going on um and then to see all the people there was brilliant who would be some of the influences for yourselves like i, I know it's kind of that's such a difficult question because it changes and varies but even at the minute who is getting your attention or what are you enjoying yeah, it's a great question man it's always like the one where everyone asks and you sit there and you're like you know when you think about it it's so funny that question man you, you could sit there Probably after this, I'd be like, man, I wish I told him about all these people I love. But honestly, like Theo and I grew up listening to stuff like we love Nick Drake, like that guy, unbelievable songs. Uh, you know, Simon Garfunkel, something for the band that we love. We love the Eagles, man. Those guys are unreal. Like their harmonies, the sort of songs. Like, I don't know if you've seen the documentary on the Eagles. Like it's it's so good, dude. Definitely check it out. Well worth your time. Um, and and stuff that's coming out now that we're like crazy about i suppose we love like lauv in america I think he's like releasing some great records like alec benjamin i love his sort of storytelling vibes 
that's sort of, I guess, slightly more poppy stuff. Uh, there's a band in America called Mighty Oaks. We really, really dig. Um, it's kind of like, it's, it's amazing because I think, you know, that that's the, one of the, to, to mention COVID and like the things it's done, it's kind of like being stuck at home a lot, man. Like we've discovered so much new music that's like blowing our minds and a, a lot of stuff stateside, to be honest, because there's a lot of great like indie bands out there that, you know, you don't hear about here. And there's, there's some really, we've actually on our, if anyone wants to check them out, we, we have a little playlist on Spotify called Tours Playlist and we put all our favorite new songs we find in that and there's there's just some bangers. And you're like, how have I never heard this song? It's so good and it's like timeless. But yeah, that, that's been quite nice. So uh, yeah, there's there's so many inspirations, man. Like it's hard. It's it's hard to talk about. But for us, like growing up, something sorry, I'll just touch on quickly is like for me and Theo, our granddad was a huge inspiration. Um, that like probably the biggest one like he was a famous guitarist in the 50s and 60s and you know like he did this book called playing a day which the beatles learned from clapton learned from brian may like so you know we used to like get to see these guys and he's called burt weeden our granddad and yeah man it was just like we went to his house and he there's pictures of him with everyone and you know he'd be like oh brian may's coming over for lunch or whatever you know like just crazy stuff where when you're young you don't quite realize it but then as we grew up, we were like, wow, look at all these guitars and cool. Like granddad's had a really cool life, like playing all these shows wow. and he played for Frank Sinatra. And yeah, he, he inspired us. We were just like, man, if he can do it, we'll have a crack at it. So it was just, so, all, like it was obviously going to be in your house from the day you were I born. Think so, yeah. man. Yeah, it, it really was. And like, because my dad's a huge fan of music and my mum as well. And she, our mum's got an amazing voice. She sort of taught us a lot. She's always singing. So we sort of grew up singing as well. And, yeah, there's a lot of things like family, I think super important. They can really influence like where you go. So yeah, they're, they're, they're all inspirations really. Our grandparents and our parents, yeah. They've helped us a lot. That's amazing. <laughs> Shout out to them. Yeah, yeah. The Moving forward then, have you got anything you can tell us about for the next year, your head? Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Oh, there's, there's some, it's exciting. So we've just like, we've um we've just joined a new team who are looking after us in la and they're they're amazing um it's been really exciting it all just happened by sort of you know like when things just i don't know happen and they feel right mm -hmm. i think we needed a slight change in environment and stuff for us as a band and it's, it's really helped i think it's kind of you can get into a place sometimes when you're trying to write or trying to do something when you all get a little bit um i say maybe lost a little bit stuck and i think just something i'm learning personally and we're all learning is that change of environment and, and pushing yourselves a little bit it's really really positive like so we decided to try this new thing with these guys and so they've taken us on and behind the scenes there's some really exciting stuff there's some stuff happening in germany for us which is really exciting i can't sort of say it yet because <laughs> you know when you haven't put pen yeah. to paper and you're not meant to talk about things but yeah there's it's really exciting so we're going to be coming out with some new music slightly different sound um and then probably an ep and then hopefully a record but I, you know with streaming these days it's sort of yeah, ep after ep after ep you know it's an interesting thing with yourselves you're very heavy single band i know you have the, you had one ep um yes yeah yeah well, it's sort of that yeah we call them two but we've just put out so many songs it's sort of like yeah they're all singles yeah prolific um in terms of like you know it's you just don't go too long without putting something out um which is the good thing about a sing single releases because 
you procrastinate on albums and EPs and you're trying to get it right as a package, but when you have one song to get right and if you're, you know, one in the bank, yeah. you put one out. So. Uh, that's it, man. I think the, 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 the game is changing. You see all those things. You know, you see the head of Spotify saying, artists can't release an album every two years. It's got to be more, you know, which is slightly cheeky and a bit funny but whatever cool fair enough dude like appreciate it like maybe pay us all and we'll write some more music for you but you know i think it's like for us you know 2019 it was actually weird we were touring so much but we actually only put out i think three songs that year and, and we were really bummed out about that and so last year we were like hey let's just put a song out one a month because it gives us something to focus on and talk about and you know it was really fun because covid happened and it was really stressful but half of the vocals we did were actually recorded on an iphone we sang into like the voice notes and then sent that to jack and he like processed it enough to get into the song and make it sound good and it which was mad so that was a fun challenge technically uh but yeah like we want to keep releasing music i think it's kind of the other thing for us like we feel really lucky like we've got a lot to say so on the other side of what we do as a band like we have this songwriting team with the three of us now it's like the th- we have a songwriting team so we're always writing for other artists as well so i think there's like a lot of music there for us to s- sort of take inspiration from and sometimes we just go well actually that song's so good we want to put it out and so it feels like that we've got a lot to to say and i don't know it's kind of like let's put it out see what people think that's interesting if you're writing with somebody and the three of you come up like, you know <laughs> you have this artist come in and you're writing for them but then a great song comes how does that conversation happen it's tough man it's really tough yeah <laughs> but i think it's kind of like often you know most of the time we the artist has the song but there's been a few we were still like uh, i'd love to be able to tell you because they're like big artists but we're kind of like arguing on the song i mean it's interesting because some people would say just let that artist release it because you know they're, they're much bigger than we are they've got a much bigger platform uh but there's something sometimes when you write something really personal you're like yeah but we would love to do it so can we talk about making it work somehow mm-hmm. so i don't know like next year there might be a few songs that i will send you that we have i'll tell you as well who they are and you can you can mention it but yeah it's it's uh it's music's a negotiation man isn't it like every writing room it's really funny it's just a relationship <laughs> you end up like hey I, I like you you like me let's be fair here yeah. so it's kind of fun um we'll see for a lot of artists money is not at the forefront of why you do this but when you go into a writing room with somebody it's like you all have your negotiation hats on and accountants oh man <laughs> it's horrible anytime anytime money gets involved it becomes so uncomfortable we yeah. all have like working together and then it's like there's 50 pounds on the table we're all scrabbling for our share of it and it's like come on man like let's all just be chill but yeah it's it's uh it's a good process and we, we learn a lot obviously getting to work with other people you learn a lot and i think that's and people always ask, oh, you know, we get a lot of messages from our fans, but like, how would you, you know, advise us to like, what, what's the best way to get into music? And uh, my thing is either, you know, like listen to lots of records and play those records because you learn how to, where chords go and stuff and melodies and then just write with tons of people. So many people, I think, and I respect it, like do a lot themselves, but like uh, there's something so beautiful about working with other humans because everyone's got experiences, everyone's got skills and it's so crazy how like one personal, I always find an artist has a thing like a chord change before the chorus drops or something. And, and you pick up these things. You're like, Oh man, that's so cool. And yeah. that will make our song so much better. So Definitely. co-writing, I think is like a really important thing for everyone to do. Yeah. I, I think with tours, you kind of walk that there's a line. I think with my previous band silences, we kind of walked it too, where it's, there's definitely pop mainstream 
like elements to it but you're trying to retain something and that can actually be a really difficult <laughs> like thing to navigate because like not not in your case but i felt with silences it was like oh this isn't cool enough to be in six music but this isn't mainstream enough to be on you know radio one or whatever it was like dude 100 percent. and it's man you yeah. couldn't have nailed that better that's exactly it <laughs> you're yeah. just like you get left as an act and it's super hard right because you're like if you're too cool you're never gonna that well you know the, my personal opinion if you're too cool it's hard to get really big commercial success but if you want really big commercial success you can never just go straight into that arena you know when it's like it's so funny everyone's like we we made a lot of records and they're like these sound so good we we had this a conversation with a label last year and they're like man these records are so crazy these are so good they sound like stadium records and we're like yeah this is awesome this is what we wanted and they're like yeah but no way we're going to release this and we're like why they're like because you're not stadium band like but we will be and they're like yeah but you're not right now you need to come from somewhere it's slightly more humble again my experience is you spend so much time thinking about what's cool what's not will this work on radio will this be and and the stuff that's ultimately great is just stuff that comes really naturally Mm -hmm. and like the things that you just write because that for me the best songs that we ever write the ones that we write in 20 minutes and it suddenly there's a whole song there and you go whoa okay that's just a gift from somewhere thank you like let's roll with it not think about it too much production is i think production is a scary thing right i don't know how you find it like it's you can get obsessed in it and lost in it Mm -hmm. yeah don't for sure for sure and it's i've said this before it can be a cover for really unspectacular songs it can (laughs) you know and 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 my experience even as a writer i'm talking about myself here there's times i've worked with really good producers who have done an amazing job on a really average song and that's like that it's not good enough you know the bet i think it's my opinion again the best songs for me are the songs that someone can just lift the guitar and deliver them or deliver them on the piano and if that fact of that by itself is enough it doesn't need you know synthesizers or a choir 100 you know 100 percent, man i couldn't agree more and i think it's just you know that that's the beauty for us like songwriting man it's like everyone always says to us like what what what's your like what's your dream what's your goal like do you want to sell out wembley and it's like yeah for sure man i'd love to sell out wembley but for us like we just want to write good songs timeless songs i think timeless is a great word you know because a song that's good now that's going to be good in 20 years when someone else is going through a heart break and they're like man i can relate to that 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 hits me hard not just something that sounds cool or is fun and you know it's, it's so interesting i just watched the uh the Bee Gees documentary man have you seen that no no it's just come out unbelievable like anyone who's listening to this and go and watch it like because it's crazy good like i i wasn't a massive Bee Gees fan at first but like after watching that they've just blown the, the talent and the skill how they kept reinventing themselves and and the songs they wrote for everyone else i had no idea they'd written so many hits for other people but you know they they would still do something that's super fun and upbeat but then put so much emotion behind it and you're like that's there's just such clever songwriting there yeah stuff oh, that i was like i had no idea like that's genius yeah you don't need to be a, a massive fan of them to understand the talent that's there like because yeah. they, they i think they're re- they were it was either that they weren't like a disc known for being a disco band but the kind yeah, of, they, yeah they invented disco sorry is yeah. that, yes but then they kind of after disco had its day i guess they yeah, reinvented yeah. they reinvented themselves again and like released it's incredible some, yeah brilliant songs yeah and then they yeah. just kept releasing new records like with new sounds and i mean they they i think they reinvented themselves i don't know like three or four times this documentary is mad i think you know it's it takes a real skill to be able to do that because 
it's i think maybe some people i find it like we write a certain way and we're like this is who we are but you know to, i think to be a great artist you've got to be able to just sort of change that and just realize that whatever you're writing as long as it's good in that style like that's cool and you can be there yeah we you know we've released some records this year that we love that i think we kind of didn't get the attention they deserve so it's something we want to look at and maybe we re-release them i think that's the beauty of music because however many people have heard it the world's such a big place there's a lot that yeah. haven't heard it so you know you can keep re-releasing records it's crazy i can't yeah. remember what publisher it was i was reading about but i shouldn't quote anyone because i get it wrong but there's a publisher who have one of like a big you know it's sort of like you are my sunshine sort of song and you know that that's still what makes them the most money because it just keeps getting re-released in different versions different artists release it you know so like a good song will eventually come to the top and it would just have a life of its own but yeah i think this the the hard thing is getting them heard sometimes isn't it that's yeah <laughs> considering how many there are jesus yeah so many songs. So i think is it fifty thousand a week now on yeah Spotify they're releasing crazy crazy <laughs> and then and, and you and you beat yourself up so hard if you don't make a new music friday playlist oh, it's like mate, it's horrible isn't yeah. it you feel like a failure You're yeah like, we've, we've lost we can't yeah it's, it's and the horrible, song but... in all likelihood hasn't even been heard it's you know it's, <laughs> it, but you feel like it's been set in a room and the on the yeah on their weekly meeting where they listen to 55,000 songs <laughs> they've, heard, they've heard it listened to it the whole way through and not liked it <laughs> exactly it's so funny um, you know I think like it's such a but again like a thing I'd always say to people that something that's really I mean this is sorry you haven't even asked this a question but I think it's just something that's helped us this year as writers and, uh, and as a band is just to put yourselves out there because I think a lot of people get scared in life like to ask for things you know and this year, like we just took a lot of stuff into our own hands because we felt maybe like that things weren't being done or things weren't happening for us. And, you know, if you trust someone, they say it's not good enough or that you go, okay, fine. But just because one person thinks it's not good enough doesn't mean that it's not. So, you know, that this year we sent out so many emails. We reached out to people we would never dream of reaching out to. And we were genuinely blown away by how many people got back to us. And we were like, what's going on? This is crazy. And it's for the first time ever, we took it into our own hands to yeah. like just reach out. So I think if you believe in what you're doing, like, man, just send it to everyone and just keep being a pest because that is one way to get noticed. And it's, it's the easiest way. Yeah, great advice. Thanks a million for doing this, Matt. It's been really, really lovely catching up with you. Uh, dude, it's so good to do it. So good to do it. Thank and you for having me. And thank you for the whiskey, by the way. Yeah, you like it? You're saying? It's unbelievable. I'm drinking yeah. it now. It's super smooth. Like, I'm a big bourbon fan. And at first I saw, like, Irish whiskey on it. And I was like, oh, but Irish whiskey is quite like bourbon, isn't it, right? Yeah, well, it's you know, it's it's part part grain, part malt, I think. So it's amazing. Um, oh yeah, there you go. It is malt and grain. It's unbelievable. It's super smooth and just quite sweet. So thank you so much for that. I shall we shall be making our way through it in January. <laughs> Enjoy. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I'll get to have one with you in person when things change. Yeah, that would be that would be great. Cocktail time with Steph. Hey, Steph. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Yes, doing well, doing well. Um, Peter's here again this week. Uh, Hello. He's still, <laughs> he's still on the bench. Um, I think we're, we're going to put him in next week, but yeah, we just don't want to overexpose him at this point. Um, we know what a uh, rough diamond he is, so we just want to... <laughs> Speaking of the bench, you could at least give me a cushion or something. This thing is hard <laughs> as hell. You're lucky you're on this show. I, I like I no way I want you to be here. This is all dead rabbit and forced. So now it comes um, out. The truth comes out. <laughs> uh, how was how, how was your week? Um, I think 
think uh, you, enjo- you enjoyed your your syrup, Peter. Your oh, brown me. sugar syrup. I'm, I did not think you were talking to me for that part. I, I had a lovely <laughs> week, thank you. The butterflies are all fed. Uh, <laughs> syrup was delicious. <laughs> I poured it over lots of ice cream. I had a sip of whiskey, and I'm feeling good. Good. Yay. <laughs> good. And what what do we have in this week, Steph? Um, so I thought that, because um, I was a little bit tired when I decided to come out today, and I thought that I needed a little pep in my step. So um, we're going to make an Irish coffee and utilize the brown sugar syrup that you guys made last week. Nice. I don't have any left. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Peter. You can listen to the last episode and make it again. I'm oh, sure okay. your butterflies really need more. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, um, so um, Irish coffee, super famous. Everyone knows how to make them or has some approximation of how to make them. But um, I'm going to give you some pro tips on how to make the best version of an Irish coffee. So one of the things that people tend to do is they tend to use too much coffee. And what happens is if you use too much coffee, you're going to overpower any of the flavor that's coming from the whiskey. So we'd recommend that you would use between 80 to 120 mils of coffee. If you're using any more than that, it's um, it's just going to be too overpowering. And then you really only get kind of a little bit of alcohol kind of flavor. Whereas if you're sticking between 80 to 120 mils, that's when you get the full um, length and breadth of flavor that the whiskey has to offer. So um, again, another pro tip is to preheat your glass. Um, so just fill it with boiling water and then you can get your other ingredients ready. And then when it's already dumped that water and then fill it in. So we're going to add 35 mils of dead rabbit whiskey. And then we're going to add 10 mils of the brown sugar syrup that we made last week. Now, if you have a sweet tooth, because I absolutely have a sweet tooth, um, you can add um, between 10 and 20. So I usually sit around the 20 mark because I have such a sweet tooth. But when I'm making cocktails, I'm very aware that I like things a little bit sweeter. So I always kind of scale down. But if you're making these at home, then you should try the 10. If it's not enough, add another five mils. If it's not enough, add another five mils. And the same goes for the whiskey, you know? I mean, like, you don't want to have it too strong, but another five mils is never going to hurt you. Uh, But yeah, so add that into the glass, and then you're going to top it up with between 80 to 120 mils of your fresh, lovely, delicious coffee. And then you're just going to stir that um, to make sure that all of the ingredients are combined. And then the fun part is the cream. So, um... If you're making Irish coffees at home, before I start working in a bar, I always got frustrated because there'd be those little weird tendrils of cream that kind of fall through the drink. And you're like, what is this? Because you want it to be super crisp and, and pristine. Um, so we have to aerate the cream. And um, it's super easy. Uh, if you have a protein shaker at home, it's the ideal item. So you just add in your cream and then you shake it up and make your cream. It's not... Um, stiff whipped cream it's not like that weird thing that people do where they you know when they make meringue and they like put the the bowls on top of their head I always thought that was really weird it's a, a weird method to test your your egg whites so we're not asking you to pour cream <laughs> it's very risky <laughs> it's so strange but every video I've seen from meringue people are putting bowls over their head we're not going to ask you to do weird stuff like that um, but it shouldn't be as stiff as that what you want is just it's where it's nice and it's creamy and it's smooth but it's aerated And then you're going to get a spoon and this will help the cream um, because when you aerate it, you're making it lighter. So it'll sit on top. And then when you use the spoon, what you're doing is is you're helping the cream to stay above 
um, that lovely, delicious coffee and whiskey mix. And then um, you, if you have a grater or a microplane, you can get a little bit of nutmeg and a couple of little, couple of little grates of nutmeg, and you're golden or brown, Irish coffee color. Texture like sun. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the wrong season? Did you say summer? I said texture like sun, golden brown, texture like sun. Oh. Lay me down. Through my mind, she runs. Throughout the night, never a sight. Never a frown with golden brown. I'm so glad I had an Irish coffee before this. <laughs> did you Did you write that song right there, right now, Peter? I wrote it in a previous life. <laughs> Lyrical <Beautiful>. genius. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, Steph, that's brilliant. I'm, I feel like now that it's February 2nd, while... It was obviously legal to drink, no prohibition. It it just feels a lot more socially acceptable now to be sharing <laughs> cocktail recipes. So yeah, I'm I'm so ready for this Irish coffee. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much, uh, Peter. You want to have one uh, down there in Kimbleberry? I'm gonna have a nice Irish coffee with some stiff cream on top. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'll catch you next week, Steph. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye, <laughs> Bye Peter. That was Cocktail Time with Steph. We fell in love when we were young. Mark, I'm with the 
close that door How do we get so lost? How do we get so far? It's not as easy as you think You know I wouldn't change a thing That's why we got so lost That's why we got this far Caught in a photograph we made When we were 17 Watching the colors as they fade Why do you say let's just run away and do it again?